Well, hi everyone and welcome to this month's Spotlight on Interview. I'm Brendan, Director of Strategy and Networkology here at Purple Space. And quick audio description, I'm a white man, 40 years old, short, dark, greying hair, wearing glasses, blue jumper, sat in front of a blurred MS Teams background. So as you'll know, Spotlight on is the series where we dive into the world of a member of our community of disability ERG leaders, champions and allies and explore the leadership lessons that they have learned and how they're applying them to help create a better working world for their colleagues with disabilities. This month is all about how disability ERGs help to create uh, and build inner confidence um, and, and how ERG leaders can support their colleagues with disabilities to, to grow their inner confidence and reason we chose this theme is that over the years thousands of employees with disabilities have shared with us that whilst of course there are numerous external barriers uh, whether that's physical or digital accessibility or the attitude of the, the folks around them um, it can also be their own lack of personal disability confidence as well which can hamper careers and you know sometimes even risk damaging mental and physical well-being so um, that's why we focus on on the, on the on the topic today and our guest this month is perfectly placed to explore the topic with us so i've had the pleasure of knowing andy garrett for a long time Andy is workplace adjustments and accessibility director at gsk where he also leads the global disability confidence network and um, prior to joining gsk and he had a 30-year career in the uk's largest police service metropolitan police where he held a number of different roles including being the chair of the mps disability staff association um, and Andy is also a founding Purple Space Ambassador, appointed in 2005, and the chair of our Purple Confidence Think Tank, which helps set the standards for the tools and the resources that Purple Space creates to support EIG and network leaders to help employees with disabilities to build their inner confidence. So Andy, welcome and thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Brendan, and, and, and thank you, of course, for inviting me to, to contribute today. Uh, my name's Andy Garrett, as you, you give my my job description. Yeah, I'm for audio description purposes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a white male uh, in his uh, mid 50s. Um, brown haired, um, wearing uh, a, a blue top uh, with a blurred MS team background. Um, delighted to be contributing to this discussion today. Yeah, it's great to have you on Andy. That was quite some some introduction as I was reading through interesting career. Did I miss anything? No, um, perhaps I should. Lots like correction. I'm co-lead of our global disability confidence network. I've got a, a fantastic co-lead uh, partner over in the United States called Tracy Mitchelson. So, yeah, we work together um, leading the network, uh, but also as as members of our global disability council. So we're fortunate that we can help to shape the disability confidence plan that we've got at GSK. Yeah, no, great. And shout out to Tracy. We we love her work equally. Um, so look, Andy, Inner Confidence, um, you are, as we have uh, said, the co-chair of the Disability Confidence Network at GSK. You are a seasoned disability ERG leader from, from previous roles as well. So to kick us off, what is it that drives you to play such a central role in supporting your colleagues and your organisations to build disability confidence? I suppose I can't really overstate the benefits in being disability confident and for me, you know, helping others to be the best they can be. 
you know it took me personally a while um, to, to get there when I first developed my uh, central field vision condition when I was in the police uh, and essentially I you know I want to make it easier for others so you know as a person with disability myself having spent now a large part of my career specializing in you know workplace disability inclusion I see the value that stems from organizations properly engaging with well and supporting people with disabilities you know it's a win-win um, for everyone uh, so helping to lead disability inclusion change uh, for me feels good and it, of course it improves the disability opportunities um, for everyone um, so you know in, in the wider sense you know building that structural accessibility inclusion into organizations um, it helps to support a more positive culture yeah and our, of course our productivity uh, as people with disabilities um, you know and for for me uh, it's it's so much more than just a reactive compliance model that you sometimes see yeah where where businesses only support those who qualify for support you know this is about inclusion for everyone um, so that that's what drives me you know yeah. getting it right yeah it's interesting looking at your current um, job description, the kind of the two leadership roles that you have. So one at the functional level, so leading on accessibility, and then you have your disability ERG leadership role as well, which is about, I suppose, building disability confidence from the inside out through the, the employee experience. And yeah, if we maybe if we can if we can dive in because today's all about inner confidence, our own individual disability confidence as people with disabilities. So you mentioned a little of your of your own personal journey. So acquiring a disability earlier in your career when you were with the, with the police. I wonder if you could just expand on that a little bit, maybe a little bit about some of the context around that. And what have you learned personally and professionally about building inner confidence? Well, I think some of it is about getting comfortable in your own skin, you know, with your with your identity and that aspect of you as a person that has a disability at work, you know. So then as an ERG leader, you know, sometimes there's, there can be a bit of um, confidence, a lack of confidence in in thinking you have to know all the answers. And of course, I've learned that you don't need to know all the answers. Um, you, you just need to know where to find them. Um, <laughs> and there's a bit of fear, I suppose, around, you know, what negative bias you might experience. You know, you, you of course, you, you will encounter um, barriers along the way. Yeah, so, you know, don't be afraid of that. You know, be, be confident that you're doing the right thing um, as a person with a disability helping your organisation. Um, and I suppose lastly, it's about um, building your confidence to to influence others. Um, you know, you, it might feel too hard, you know, in how do you motivate others to do the right thing? You know, how do you articulate the case for 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 what it is you're you're pushing? Yeah, so that so that for me, those are three most important barriers to confidence. It's about yeah. your subject matter knowledge, fear of the unknown, I suppose, and, and how to influence others it's it's great to hear you set out three kind of clear steps and you know listening to you now and as knowing you as, as I know you you know this you can encapsulate I guess if, if we're talking about a disability confident individual we, 
but clearly it's a process that takes time as well and these are lessons mm. that you have learned over over a long career and how, how would you describe the the impact on your confidence in those very early days because you've kind of set out the steps that you've that you've taken to to build that confidence but what was the what's the early impact yeah i mean in, in my my first steps in this space of course it was me coming to terms with my new identity you know that there you know i was i was originally in a front line operational facing policing role and i developed a, an eye condition which you know nothing you know that there's no intervention to to fix that um so I, I I realized that I had to change my career path, but I didn't want to leave the organization. I still felt I had something more to offer. Uh, and I, so I moved from an operational role into uh, into a training and development and, and an inclusion diversity role. So I think building my story, yeah, understanding my 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 own story and how to share that, but in a constructive way. Yeah, so my, no, my confidence comes from sharing and discussing solutions, not problems, um, or maybe sharing a bit about what I'm experiencing as the as the barrier, but coming up with ideas for how to overcome that. Um, so it, it, that's about. Um, I think. Helping others um, that you're engaging with, you know, maybe senior leaders or your manager, those that you're engaging with. Uh, you know, it's important for you to understand that, you know, your experience of having a disability at work and of course your perspective on what the employer response should be is really valuable. Yeah. Um, you, and realise that you might have to share that experience repeatedly with different stakeholders, but you, you, you learn to do it in a constructive way. Yeah. Uh, that's that. So you're seeking positive change not just for yourself, but change that benefits everyone in the long run. Uh, so yeah, for me, that's I, I suppose I got better at talking about you know, disability change to benefit people other than me. Um, but of course, I was going to benefit in the same in the same way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I suppose building on that in terms of how you use your own experiences, share your own story in, in a way that supports others to do the same leads on to the, <clears throat> the next question, which is about ERGs and disability networks. So we know that one of the most significant impacts that a disability ERG or network can have when it's high performing and, and visible and influ influential is that it can have this positive uplift and positive impact on the way that other people with disabilities in the organisation feel about themselves and how able they feel to share that side of themselves and how likely they are to to share that side of themselves so just wondered from your own experience as a as a network leader in, in very different settings so police and, and pharmaceuticals why do you think networks are so well placed to support other individuals to build their inner confidence well, i think you, you you know your inner confidence helps you to i suppose to better art articulate how it feels to ask for disability support at work. You know, you can almost talk in the third person as well as, you know, talking about your own experience, you know, so network leaders can help others to to share that, you know, how it feels um, that that journey around disability at work. Um, and of course, helping you to frame your proposals around accessibility, the things that you're asking for um, and how they benefit not just you, but the organization you know it might be something like you know you might need accessible software you know and, and 
obviously if you're making that available not just for you for other people that you know that's a productivity gain for the whole organization if they can enable accessible software to work in the environment that's just one example uh, and of course as a, again in your network role you can share really the impact you know you can discuss the impact arising from how the employer responds you know when people are asking and, and i mean the employer it might be the line manager um, because a person's experience of um, the reaction, you know, when they put their hand up for some help, you know, as a network leader, you can help them through that. Yeah, because you will experience, you know, challenges along the way, but they're, they're there to be overcome. So I think collectively, you know, as a network, you, you bring together that shared um, experience. Um, and, and from that collective experience, you you build some more confidence that you're, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're asking for the right things in in the right way. Mm. If that helps. It does, and yeah, I think listening to you talk, particularly about the role of of <coughs> workplace adjustments, reasonable adjustments, reasonable accommodations. Um, I think one of the ways that a lack of confidence often manifests, isn't it, is a reluctance to to request reasonable workplace adjustments and accommodations, so things that will help you to do a better job. And if you lack those adjustments, then it has a kind of de deleterious impact on your ability to do your job, how you feel and your level of confidence. So how, obviously you have a disability day job that has accessibility and adjustments in the title, Andy. So yeah. how, important, how important is it that um, colleagues feel able to, to request the adjustments that GSK is you know, readily providing? Well, of course, the adjustment solutions are the enablers. They're, they're what enable you to, you know, be your best self at work um, and, and in so doing then to, you know, to be more confident, you know, whatever it is you do for your for your organisation. So you, 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 your organisation needs to invest in, you know, a straightforward process um, to help people get the solutions they need. You know, for us, we focus on, you know, what you need, not why you need it. Um, you know, so when you're putting your hand up um, to ask for some support, you know, I'm always a proponent of you know being authentic um, and constructive. If you're sharing your story um, and and asking for support requests, um, you don't have to share everything um, to the person you're 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 asking. Um, but giving some context is and, and having that background knowledge about why it will work for you and what benefits it will give are really helpful. Um, and share that aspect of themselves at work. You and Tracy are leading a, a global network. It's a huge global operation that you're running at, at, at GSK and you know many other members of the Purple Space community are global companies as well. So. What, what have you learned? Uh, what are your thoughts uh, and experiences in terms of what ERG leaders um, need to do to support the process of building inner confidence at scale and across large global organisations? Well, I think I think the principles behind an ERG are about, you know. Working together with that collective um, you know the collective disability the employee resource group is powerful yeah and that you know we know we, we usually know what what is needed we know what the organization needs to do we know what the solutions to problems are um so you know a collective voice is a more confident voice um so you're not you know feeling that 
isolated. I would say, you know, don't try and be a lone ranger. Um, because it just is it's more hard to to try and you know tackle things alone. And of course, you know, being an ERG leader, you're you're perhaps better placed to articulate the voice and ideas of your members. You know, not everyone's got the confidence to speak up and and request structural change, you know, individually. Whereas, you know, an ERG representing, you know, whether it be hundreds or thousands of people, you know, is a much more powerful voice in 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 convincing the organization um, that actually, you know, what you're asking for, what you're proposing, whether, you know, investment in structural change, whatever it might be, you know, is the right thing to do. Yeah, so the collective voice through an ERG has is, is got so much benefit to the organization to be more inclusive to influence the culture of the business. Yeah, and I, I suppose that one of the benefits of that, of, of, of the community, the building that community across organizations as well, you know, so often we hear um, the, another uh, confidence related barrier is this sense that you're dealing with this alone. And, you know, if you're working in a location perhaps where there might, might be a smaller headcount, it might be in a context where disability is less visible and you know, less, less visible as a topic of conversation then by connecting globally and learning from the experience of colleagues actually that may share a condition with you they're not in your office but they're part of this bigger global community yeah, hugely impactful probably to add to that so i'm thinking back to my early days as a networked leader you know i was very familiar and aware of established networks for other protected characteristics um, and i learned a lot from engaging with those other ERGs, you know, in terms of how they operated and how they engaged with the organization to get change that supported their protect, protected characteristics. So, you know, if it's still a fledgling subject in your business, <clears throat> there are likely to be networks, you know, around LGBTQ plus or um, women in business or, you know, other, you know, other areas of diversity that have perhaps been more established. So, you know, it's not just disability networks that help to influence um, the business culture. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be diving into how networks can work together with with other 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 identity groups later in the in the in the year as well. Um, Andy, you have lots of different roles. You wear lots of different hats. Um, one of the most exciting and important, I would suggest, in my unbiased opinion, is um, that you are also the chair of the Purple Confidence Think Tank. Uh, so purple space um, in a confidence is a huge strategic importance to us. So the purple confidence think tank is the group that really sets the standards um, by which we develop tools and resources uh, to help ERG leaders, to help their colleagues to build their own inner confidence. So tell us why you wanted to lead uh, such an important working group and what it, if you could share a little of your hopes around around the impact that the group will make. Yeah, I mean, you know, hugely proud to be um, um, helping to shape that work, um, you know, chairing some meetings. But, you know, it's the again, it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's the collective um, wisdom, if you like. And I suppose it comes back to the confidence, the inner confidence issues we talked about earlier. You know, the collateral that the think tank is developing, you know, the things like the helpful to know guides. Of course, they're going to help to inform and shape our individual, <clears throat> but also our collective confidence. 
um, you know, not just the theory, but the practice, you know, um, sharing our combined wisdom. I've kind of used that already um, about how to help people with disabilities work better, you know, with their organisations, um, with the aim of accelerating, you know, investment. In, I, don't, I don't just mean financial investment, investment in structural changes um, that support accessibility and inclusion uh, for everyone, you know, that of course, um, in, in terms of impact, it, it, I believe it will help to build, you know, individual and ERG confidence within organisations. It should help them to flourish and to work positively with organisations. But, you know, on top of that, a more disability confident business will engage more effectively, of course, with disabled communities, customers, service users. Um, and I think that's one of the real strengths in in ERGs and this kind of disability confidence collateral. It's not just it's not just about employment. You know, it makes a stronger business able to, you know, reach more markets and and to to serve people in a more inclusive way. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I share your excitement. Um, we have some incredible individuals from the purpose based community um, feeding in, sharing their insights, shaping the the thinking that's happening in that group, and just a few words on the on the helpful to know guides that you um that you reference so sponsored by gsk as well so yep. um appreciate the, the support of the business as well as your your individual support for that but these are guides where we have sourced the views and experience of people with a range of different um, disabilities and long-term conditions so whether it's dyslexia or visual impairment or hearing impairments and these guides have been written in a way that combines their shared insights so individual guides focusing on individual uh, conditions or, or, or disabilities and what I hope is that we could put these into the hands of people particularly who are perhaps newly acquired and what in a few pages say look this is what we've learned so when we acquired that disability this is what we this is what we shared with our managers these are the types of requests that we made of, of the business and these are the tips that we would give to others um, in the same position so just yeah your thoughts on on the power of those documents and you know thinking back to yourself all those years ago early days in the, in the police acquiring a visual impairment um how useful would something like that have been to you well whether it's for you know me or the individual with with the health condition or disability you know you don't know what you don't know uh, and likewise for, you know, people without, you know, the health condition or disability, the, the, you know, the business leaders, managers, colleagues, etc. Understanding that lived experience, you know, so the helpful to know guides will give, you know, those hints and tips about the journey it takes for someone, you know, perhaps with, you know, a, a low vision condition, you know, like like I did, you know, I acquired that during working life and, you know, impacted how it impacted me on a day to day basis and how I overcome that and, de and developed, you know, confidence to still, um, you know, contribute in that business and, 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 and still add value, but in a different way, you know, um, so the, the guides should really help to inform everyone that reads them um, what it what it's what disability confidence we, we use the term a lot what does it mean what does it look like what are the markers and and how to go from being less confident you know what kind of steps do you need to take to to be more disability confident in your particular area and remembering of course 
no one needs to know all no one needs to know everything uh, you just need to know where to find the answers and i think the guides will help with that yeah absolutely i think the other thing that really excites me about them is that for the first time really we're putting guidance directly into the hands of employees with disabilities so there's you know, been fantastic work over the years to develop guidance for colleagues working in the hr community or line yeah. managers to help them to feel more comfortable working with people with disabilities but sure. very little um, that actually helps us as disabled people to understand you know how can we take ownership and con and control over the conversations that impact us at work so it's a real it feels like a real shift in in, in that way well, I, I, and I couldn't agree more, you know, it's plugging a gap there. Um, you know, there's lots of historic, you know, investment in resources and memberships, you know, all quite employer centric, all for good reason, helping employers to do the right thing. But, you know, building the employee, the individual um, perspective, um, because together, that makes disability confidence. The employer structures what they should do and the employee experience of, you know, how they ask, how they receive and, you know, ex experience disability at work, you know, um, helps to shape the culture, but also helps to identify where the gaps might be uh, and what could be done better. Um, yeah. So it's not so process heavy uh, and becomes much more personal. Uh, and individualized. Um, so I think they, they, they really are, um, as you say, for the first time, plugging a gap, helping the individual to understand their journey a bit more. I, I know we always talk about the journey, but I, I certainly feel that myself in the, my very early days, I knew nothing. Um, I know a little more now after 25 years and I'm learning every day. <laughs> and I've learned that by reaching into my network and, and into these knowledge guides that, that emerge. Great. Okay, well, Andy, we're at time. We could talk, we could talk for hours. Um, we will find other opportunities to, to, to do that. And um, so, but for now, thank you for your time and we'll thank you for your leadership. Um, if you want to, connect with you directly, um, a couple of ways they can do that. So they can reach you by the member zone if you're a Purple Space member, member and you're also on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah great. No, okay. it's really, it's great chatting through these things with you. We hope the the content in, in this recording will help people to, to think about their own um, approach, their own journeys. And of course, to get involved with, you know, the Purple Space community, uh, because together, we make a difference. Great, thanks Andy. So I do encourage you if you want to connect with Andy then do dive into, into his world. And just lastly to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next month for a conversation with Elaine Carroll and David Snedden from Google, uh, which will be all about March's leadership theme, which is about the relationship between ERG leader and executive sponsor. So we'll see you then. But in the meantime, if you're a Purple Space member, don't forget that we now have peer group learning sessions for disability ERG leaders running every week. You can book on via the website. If you can't make one, then Kirsty will be in touch at the end of every month with an insights report. And if you didn't catch it before Christmas, do check out our latest resource, which is called Priceless. It's all about how disability ERGs and networks are resourced, recognised and rewarded. It's generated some interesting debates and you can download that from the resources section on the member zone. So Andy, thanks again and we'll see you all next time. Thanks everyone.